and open with me to the book of 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. This is our prophetic night, and uh, as I often do, I often come out of 1 Corinthians. I'm sorry, I said chapter 12. I meant 14. 1 Corinthians chapter 14. This entire chapter is dealing with the topic of prophecy and the gifts of the Spirit. In fact, I always have you stand as we honor the reading of God's Word. Would you stand? We're going to read just a couple selected verses here. In fact, just two verses. Beginning at verse 1, it says, uh, Pursue love. Everybody say love. Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. Everybody say prophesy. Now jump down to uh, verse 12, same chapter, but look at verse 12, 1 Corinthians 14, 12. It says, even so you, since you are zealous for spiritual gifts, let it be for the edification of the church that you seek to excel. Hallelujah. Let's pray and let's ask the Lord's hand on this time as we open his word. Lord, I, I thank you for your word. Thank you that it is light and it is life, it's instruction, it's correction, it's, in, it's encouragement, it's rebuke at times. But we know that your word will accomplish what you desire it to. So Lord, we ask you tonight, open our, open our heart, open our, our eyes to see and our ears to hear what your spirit is speaking today. We commit this time as we open your word. And I ask, Lord, that we would not just have understanding in the natural theology and concepts, but I'm asking, mighty God, that you would activate the gifts of God, especially the prophetic, even here tonight. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Um, I, I want to I hit just a couple ideas. I, I don't plan on sharing long. I want to spend a, a good amount of time just actually activating and operating in the prophetic here tonight. But uh, even before I dive into this, I do want to make something clear for those who are new to our midweek services, new to our prophetic nights. I do believe, based on this verse, based on Acts chapter 2, the Spirit of God being poured out on all flesh, I believe that it is God's desire, especially in this last day outpouring of His Spirit, to use everybody in prophecy. And it may manifest differently for some of us, but Jesus made it clear. If you are one of my sheep, you can hear my voice. And if you can hear God's voice and share with others what God is saying, guess what? That's prophecy. When you hear from God, when I hear from God something from Minister Lee, and I share with him, Minister Lee, this is what I feel like God is speaking right now. That's prophecy. That's prophecy. And so when we hear from the Lord, he says in, in verse 1, we just read it, desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. I, I want to just kind of whet your appetite. Does anybody, if anybody can tell me this, what, what the word is, since my wife's not here, I, I don't think anybody, if, if you will, then I will just skip what I'm about to say. Can anybody tell me what the Greek word is for desire? Oh, good. Okay. It is the Greek word zeluo. Everybody say zeluo. 
Now, it's a very interesting word. This has become one of the pivotal verses for my entire walk with God. What's very interesting is the Greek word zeluo is used more than 20 times in the New Testament. Every time it is used in the Bible, it is used to describe something sinful. Now, this is what's interesting. Zeluo, most of the time, is actually translated as lust. It's translated as envy. It's translated as ungodly desire. Are you trekking with me so far? That's what Zeluo is. But one time in the Bible, it says desire, Zeluo, spiritual gifts. And the way this came alive to me is, I'll never forget, I was in a, in a service. We actually had a, a guest speaker, a friend of ours who came from Iran. And this guy used to work with John G. Lake's ministry and had a tremendous healing anointing on his life. I mean, we'd watch this guy. Anybody with spinal issues, come down. And I kid you not, this guy would lay his hands on them, and you would, he wouldn't even say anything. He'd lay his hands on them, and you would just begin to hear, like, popping and cracking in their spine and their neck. It was the wildest thing. And then he'd just look at them afterwards, and you're going to be okay. And he'd go on to the next one, and he'd pray, you know, you know, somebody with cancer. He'd pray for them. You know, simple, humble prayers in the name of Jesus. You're going to be okay. And sure enough, man, we began over the next coming weeks hearing testimonies of this. And I'd, I'd love to tell you his name, but he's ministering in an illegal territory right now, and so I, I just can't do that. But he's a friend of ours, and we'll have him out one day. But uh, he, uh, he, shared, we, he began to share with us. Like, how did you gain faith to see that level of miracle? Anybody, I mean, how many of you would love to lay hands on sick people and, like, see that kind of result? Me too. I mean, I, I just, boy, I, I burn for that kind of stuff. And he said something at the end of the service that offended me. He said, we must begin to lust after the gifts of the Spirit. And it, it, it hit me sideways, man. I, I'm like, but lust is bad. I don't, you know, I, I don't want to lust. You know, I don't want that connected to anything having to do with God. But then he got up and he shared this very verse. Every time in the Bible the word zeluo is used, it's used to describe lust, envy, or ungodly desire. But one time the Bible says, I want you to zeluo, to desire the gifts of the Spirit, especially that you would prophesy. Now, this is so practical, but I'm, I'm praying that this is going to stick with all of us because this is so simple. We all know what it's like to lust. We all know what it's like to envy. We all know what it's like to have ungodly desire. What does it look like? We see somebody driving a really nice vehicle, and we think, boy, I would sure look nice driving that kind of car. Right? Envy actually is a little more aggressive than that. It's not actually even just desiring the same thing, but it's actually desiring what that person has. So uh, envy is actually saying something like, that person doesn't deserve that kind of house. I deserve that house. You understand? That's envy. Lust. I should be with somebody like that. We all understand. And, and our imagination begins to go and we begin to think, if I had money like that, oh, if I had fame like that, if I had opportunities like that, that's what ungodly desire is. You're all trekking with me so far. Now, prayerfully, when we come to Jesus, 
We begin to take those kinds of thoughts captive, and we bring them into subjection to Jesus Christ, right? That's what you do. You all get hit with thoughts like that. We all get hit with thoughts. We all get hit with thoughts like that. But what do you do with it? You take that thought, no, that's wrong. I'm bringing it in subjection to you, Jesus, right? And that's hard. But I believe, now hear me on this. I believe part of the reason that the Bible uses that very same word to describe our desire for the gifts of the Spirit. God doesn't want to kill your desire. He wants you to redirect your desire. Are you hearing me? He doesn't want you to have no desire, have no imagination. No, I just want you to use your imagination in the right direction. You know what faith is? I will walk into this empty shell of a building at the other end of this property, and I begin to daydream. That's faith. I begin to imagine, God, what is this going to look like when the walls are finished and the air conditioning is here and mosquitoes aren't eating me alive? You know, I, I just I begin to daydream about what it's going to look like. And then I begin to picture what are the people? Oh, God, you're going to fill this place, aren't you? And I begin to imagine what's it going to be like when five or six hundred worshipers come together and begin to go after you. You know what I'm doing? I'm using my imagination, desiring something that God intends to do. That's Zeluo. Where I used to daydream about sinful desires and sinful passions today, instead of saying, no, I can't have any imagination, no desire, no daydreaming, no, no, no. Instead, I reorient it. I redirect it, and I say, and, and so, so this is what this looks like. So just like my friend that I was just telling you about, he began to share about how he used to daydream. What if I went to this person with horrible scoliosis, and I lay hands on them? And what if I just began to hear their spine pop back into place? And this is the kind of stuff that he would daydream about. In fact, he shared that he would actually work, work the call lines for John G. Lake. So he'd have people that would call into the ministry needing prayer for different things. And so he said this is where he really got trained in the healing. is because he wasn't even able to see the person that he was praying for. All he could do was imagine what they looked like and imagine God doing what he was praying for. Are you guys trekking with me? I mean, this is so, when I got this, it, it transformed my life. And so he would begin to pray, oh, you have cancer, oh, you have uh, a knee issue, you have, you know, whatever the need was, and he would begin to imagine as he would pray, Lord, you're doing this. And just picture their knee being reassembled and coming back into place, or, or watching a cataract's eye just begin to be restored and cleared, and I just encourage you guys, that's, that's what faith looks like. Begin to daydream. Begin to imagine with God what he could do. It's the very same way with prophecy. He says, Zeluo, desire spiritual gifts, especially that you would prophesy. Do you come into Thursday nights with an expectancy? Lord, you're going to speak to me something that's going to transform somebody else. God, what if? What if 
I got a word. And I begin to speak that word, and that person begins to cry. What if I spoke a word, and that person fell out under the power of God? I mean, this is the kind of stuff I daydream about, man. I'm just telling you. And, I mean, and, and you know what? You, you dream about stuff. You desire stuff long enough. It will come to fruition. And so that's what faith looks like. That's where we need to, even right now as I'm sharing this, I want you to begin to imagine that in 15 minutes, in 10 minutes or whatever, when we move into our prophetic time, that God is going to use you to impact somebody else. You're tracking with me. Now, so that's what it is to desire spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. But it also says, we read the other, the other verse we read was in verse 12. It says, you are zealous for spiritual gifts. Let it be for the edification of the church that you seek to excel. So I don't know if you're taking notes, but the first thing is that we're to desire spiritual gifts. Desire spiritual gifts. Zeluo. Everybody say Desire. What's the Greek word? You got it. Now, number two is we are to be zealous for the gifts. You know what it is to be zealous? Now, here's what's interesting. Now, this is cool. The Greek word for zealous is zelotes. It's actually the same root word as desire. But it's in an action form. It's not just something that I'm dreaming about now. It's not just something that I'm imagining, right? This is actually something that provokes me to action. Um, it's where we get the word zealous, which is why it's translated zealous in this text. Um, in, a, in a good picture, how many of you guys watch The Chosen? Y- y'all need to watch The Chosen, okay? It is so good. And you'll meet a character named Simon the Zealot. Another way you could translate zealot was terrorist. Did you know that Jesus recruited a terrorist? These were guys who were trying through military force to overthrow the Roman government. And they did that through assassination. They did that through, you know, burning stuff down. They did it through martial arts and things like that. And that's what you see in the, in the Chosen, this guy training for martial arts and all of this kind of, because he's like, we're just going to kill the enemies of God. That's what the zealots did. Now, Jesus recognized this guy's got a good heart. He's just doing it the wrong way. And that's why he recruited Simon And uh, it's good to have some security around in your ministry. And so Jesus had a zealot who was running his security ministry. And that's wonderful. But uh, what I do love about Simon is he didn't just have a desire to see freedom come to his people. But it was a desire that moved him to action. And that's what zeal should do for us, friend. We can have a desire, but if all we do is just uh, zeluo, and we're just imagining, and we're just dreaming, but we never take action, all you're going to be is a daydreamer. Are you hearing me? All you're going to be is a daydreamer, someone walking around with their heads in the clouds. But if you actually say, God, this is a desire, let's do it, and you actually move into action, that's the moment where... Boy, you begin to see God just meet you, right? I just feel like we need to go, I don't know, find a leper or something right now. I just, I feel full of faith. I don't know if you do. But uh, 
That's what, that's what zeal is. And we're going to be zealous for the gifts. Now, you watch what he says. He says, be zealous. Why? For the edification of the church. Did you know that when we are zealous for the gifts of God, that it builds the church of Jesus Christ? Okay. Nikki got it. I don't know if anybody else got it. When we are zealous for the gifts of God, it will literally empower the church of Jesus Christ. It will grow the church of Jesus Christ. This is why I believe we're, we're not going to be ashamed of the gifts of the Spirit. We're not going to be afraid if someone wants to pray in tongues or if, I mean, we dedicate entire nights to prophecy. We dedicate entire services to the infilling of the Holy Ghost. We believe in it and we will continue to believe in it. In fact, man, I, I just, you know, I don't, nah, I don't know if I should go here. I just, you guys ever watch like these, these headhunter kind of you know, these guys that are like going after Benny Hinn and these guys that are going after, you know, these, these, I despise that kind of stuff. I absolutely hate it. It, it makes me, it literally makes me angry. Um, because I feel like these guys are doing exactly the opposite of what they're supposed to be doing. And I'm not saying that everything that goes on in every ministry that's spirit filled is right and it's of the Lord. It's not. But why have we built ministries out of people trying to undermine other people's ministries? I would love to see some people with the same kind of fervor, with the same kind of passion, actually doing videos that are affirming the miracles or affirming the theology or affirming the men and women of God that others are criticizing. There's actually a couple of them out there, and I rejoice. I, one of My former youth pastor actually does things like that, defending the gifts of the Spirit, defending prophecy, affirming. A, and I, we need more of that kind of stuff. We must be a people that are zealous to defend the gifts of the Spirit. Because it will build the church. What did I share about last Sunday? I talked about how Jesus, he's going to build the church that the gates of hell will not prevail against. And before he released his disciples to do that, what did he say? He said, wait until you are endued with power. What's he talking about? The Holy Ghost. And with the Holy Ghost came the gifts and the demonstration of the Spirit. I believe that we are crippling the greatest growth tool that Jesus has given us when we muffle the Holy Ghost. Yeah, you should write that down. That was a good quote right there. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? This is why it just it drives me crazy. I grew up in a church that relegated the gifts of the Spirit to a back prayer room. We're not going to be that. We're not going to be that. Holy Ghost is going to be front and center. You want to know why we have healing time at the beginning of our service? You want to know why before we move into the housekeeping and the preaching and all of that, why Pastor Jacob will always stand up here and close his eyes and just lean into the Lord? You want to know why I do that every single Sunday and every single Thursday? Is because we give the Holy Spirit the first place in our church. And if Holy Spirit says, we're going to do nothing but worship today, 
That's what we're going to do. Forget my sermon. Who cares? If the Holy Ghost desires to release healing ministry, that's what we're going to do. And so we'll, we'll cut it out of something else. and We'll cut it out of my time, right? We'll cut it out of announcement time. But I'm not going to take the Holy Spirit's time. We're going to give him first. We're going to give him foremost. We're going to give him everything. So we're going to be zealous. We're going to defend the gifts. We're going to go after the gifts. And uh, let me just give you one more, and then we're going we're gonna to move into it. We're going to practice this. 1 Timothy, 1 Timothy 4 and verse 14. I don't know if you guys have the ESV. Uh, 1 Timothy 4 and verse 14. Um, in fact, you can turn there in your own Bible if you have it. This is our application for tonight. 14 and 15, 1 Timothy 4. It says, do not neglect the gift you have. You know what that means? Don't ignore the gift that God has put inside of you. Don't ignore it. That'll preach. Which was given by prophecy. Oh, when the council of elders laid their hands on you. This is why we have pastors. This is why we have guest speakers. This is why we have people come and they prophesy and they lay hands. This is why I will, we will prophesy over one another. This is why we'll have our ministers and our prayer teams lay hands on you. There's impartation. There's powerful things that happen. Comes alive on the inside. Now watch this. Don't neglect the gift. But look at verse 15. Practice these things. Everybody say practice these things. Practice. Immerse yourself in them so that all may see your progress. When he says practice these things, what things is he talking about? The spiritual gifts, absolutely. Everybody say, we're going to practice the gifts. Almost everybody raised their hand when I said, how many of you would love to see people get healed when you pray for them? Almost everybody raised their hand. You want to know how you're going to begin to see people get healed? Practice. You got to go after sick people. Oh, your throat hurts? Let me pray for you. For real. You got to go after it. If you listen to anybody who God has used powerfully in the realm of healing, you will hear them inevitably share stories about the hundreds or the thousands of people they prayed for and nothing happened. But what they're doing is they're practicing. I was... I was listening last night to David Hogan. That's the reason the leper thing came to mind. Because he was talking about the first years that he moved into ministry, how every sick person he prayed for died. You want to talk about a good foundation for healing ministry. Everybody he prayed for died. But he heard, he had just moved as a missionary, he and his wife, to Mexico. And he heard that up on some particular mountain, there was a man with leprosy. He's like, wow, Jesus actually told us, go and cleanse the lepers. He's like, I'm going to go do that. So he goes, I mean, there's a whole story. He spent an hour telling the story. Uh, But he goes and he hikes up this mountain and he meets this man with leprosy. He says the moment that he walks into this hut where the man was, he immediately began vomiting because just the the, the leprosy, the stench of that infection was so horrendous. He literally could not contain it. And so he began to vomit, but he was done. He, he looked at this, and he's like, well, how in the world do I pray? Now, this is horrible. And he actually, I didn't watch. I was listening to the sermon, but he actually had a picture of the man with the leg with leprosy. And um, he didn't know how else to pray for this thing, but he goes all the way up to this mountain. He's been praying for people. Everybody dies. And he's like, I don't know what it means to cleanse a leper. Like, I guess I just got to put my hand in that. 
in that. And so he does. He takes his hand in this swollen, leprous leg, and he immerses it into this man's leg. Prays the prayer of faith. Throws up. <laughs> I mean, you just imagine what this looks like. He has somebody go and, you know, get him some, some water because they don't have running water so he can wash his hand. And, uh, you know, nothing happens dramatic in that moment. But he begins to make visits and he begins to pray for this man. And I think it took about a month, maybe a month and a half. But eventually he came back and this man, incurable leprosy, was 100% miraculously healed. As that's insane. It's insane. But you want to know, if you ever heard David Hogan, I mean, the man's, he's a wild man. And he believes for ridiculous things. But when you have prayed for people and they've died in the first healing miracle that you see as a man with leprosy being healed, it'll kind of ruin you for anything less. And that's where this man has seen many, many miracles over the, over the years. Absolutely incredible. I don't know about you. I want to be that kind of person. I want to be that kind of guy who will pray for others. The prayer of faith, not a prayer of comfort while they die. The prayer of faith for someone who needs it. Someone who will be bold enough to believe. I don't know if this prophecy is, you know, this is just too crazy for this person. But I'm just crazy enough to believe that God could do something with them. You understand what I'm saying? That's faith. So, we're going to practice prophecy. And what I'm going to ask is we're going to pray for a great anointing to come upon every one of us. We're going to desire spiritual gifts. We're going to desire that God use us in prophecy. And what I want to challenge all of us to do is take a step of faith. Practice. Take action. Be zealous. I don't know if this is God, but I'm practicing. Amen? Lord, I... I ask right now for every person within the sound of my voice, Lord, that you would release a great anointing over each and every one of us. Your word instructs us to desire spiritual gifts, especially that we would prophesy. Your word instructs us that we are to be zealous for the gifts of the Spirit and even that we are to practice the gifts of the Spirit. And so, Lord, we ask that you would release even now a mighty anointing in the name of Jesus, that you would give us what you said would come in Acts chapter 2, that when your Spirit comes, Lord, you would, you would raise up. You said sons and daughters would prophesy. You said that young men would, would uh, dream dreams, and you said that old men would see visions. Maybe I mixed that up. I don't know. Uh, but you said, Lord, you would activate dreams and visions and prophecy for young and old, men and women, Lord, rich and poor, and everybody in between, that you would use us to prophesy. So, Lord, we lay claim to your word, and we're just crazy enough to believe what you say over our lives. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen.